0: podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. I want to thank these worship team folks to use the words of one of them, like we've been placed into our, out of our comfort zone, maybe something like that, <laughs> with Kenny and Vicki being gone and But we appreciate them (laughs) stepping up. Good job, guys. How many know that life is a journey? It is, isn't it? It And sometimes it can be like walking around in the fog. (laughs) We can't see very far ahead. Can't see like we like to see. And the paths that we're to take aren't always clear. But guess what? This is... This is where the beauty of our faith in God comes in. This this is what the life of faith is all about. It's what makes life an adventurous journey. I know sometimes we don't like that, but when it's all said and done, it is the best thing, right? I've I've titled this sermon this morning, The Life You Really Want, (laughs) okay? But I want to explain what I mean by that. First, what I don't mean is your life being consumed with a desire for nothing more than comfort and ease, dreams that are all about you, that never go beyond you. This isn't what I'm about talking about, what I'm talking about this morning, about aligning with a culture whose anthem seems to be, I did it my way, <laughs> a culture that has removed God from the picture. Instead, what I mean is this, the the closer that we get to our Lord, the, the closer we walk with Him, the better we get to know Him through His Word, the more we will find ourselves living in His story for our lives. Therefore, the life we really want becomes the life that God actually wants for you. Isn't that cool how that works? Our dreams actually becomes God's dream for us. And so it is in surrendering to God, in relinquishing control of our lives over to Him that we discover lives that really are, truly are worth living, dreams worth dreaming, joy beyond all joy. Put differently, it is fulfilling. God's call on your life. Are you on board with that? Fulfilling God's call upon your life. Because if you're a believer, they're the same thing. Okay, the life you really want and fulfilling God's call in your life, when our lives are committed and dedicated and surrendered to Him, they become one and the same. God gives every Christian. A calling or a vision or a dream of what their life can become. God has a plan for your life. A role that you can perform in building and advancing His kingdom it is what our lives are to be all about. So if you're wondering where we're going to be today, as most of you are aware, we've been in Isaiah, right? We were in last time together a couple of weeks ago. We were in Isaiah 49 this morning. It's Isaiah chapter 50. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the 50th chapter of Isaiah. And this section of Isaiah revolves around the idea of what it means to be a servant of God. The theologians tell us that this section here is another one of those sections that's been termed the servant song kind of section. And of course, the servant being talked about, the servant who is speaking, happens to be the chosen one, the Messiah, our Lord And Savior, right? Jesus. And so that's what this is going to be about here. It involves around the idea of of being that servant of God, the one that He has called us to be. And, And it's going to show us and encourage us on how to build and live God's calling on your life, His story for your life. In this passage, the example we're given to follow, as I've just said, is none other than the chosen Messiah the servant of the Lord. Now, here is the clincher. I believe in my own heart and in my mind, I am convinced that this statement I'm about to make is what I would refer to as a clinching kind of statement in terms of our walking with Jesus and our lives fulfilling the call, His call on our lives. Listen to me, because I think it's, it's, it's amazing. In the same way that Jesus came to fulfill the calling that the Father had placed on Him, Are you with me? Guess what? We too are called in the very same way to fulfill the calling that God has placed on our lives. Wouldn't it be nice if every follower of Jesus Christ understood that and took it and understood it in these terms no option. No option. The purpose of my life, the reason he went to the cross and saved me, provided for me, all that he has provided me, so that my life will matter and count for him in the kingdom, fulfilling the call of God on our lives rather than it being about us, it being all about him. The verses that we will be focusing on this morning indicate some really important things that you can do that will help you. Find, define, and even refine God's perfect will for your life. So let's jump into this. And first of all, to fulfill God's calling on your life, here's what we need to do. This is the attitude. Make it a full-time, must-do pursuit. Every single one of us in this room have wanted something. And we went after it, right? We pursued it. May I even throw in the word relentlessly? You know, what, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? And we've done that. And I think what we're being encouraged here through Isaiah is that we take that and we put it into a priority where it belongs, that our pursuit is relentless for God, okay? That it is a full-time, must-do pursuit. Look at verse 4. That's where we're going to pick it up. It says, the Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The Sovereign Lord is our English translation of the Hebrew Jehovah Adonai. A term that expresses the supreme rule of God. We, hear, we use the term here often, sovereign God. It's the same idea. His supreme rule. In other words, His rule and not yours. Are we clear on that? His rule, not yours. The name Jehovah Adonai means that God is the owner of every single member of the human family. And as such, also has the right and privilege to require, to may I even say demand, the obedience of every single member of the family of life because of who He is, the Creator. Amen? Amen. He wakens me, this Scripture says, morning by morning. Wakens my ear to listen like one being taught or instructed. You have heard me say over the years before that the best thing you can do is to develop the habit of getting into the presence of God, and preferably in the morning, preferably before you start your day, getting into his presence. You have also heard me say that if we truly love Jesus like we say we do, And getting into his word, since Jesus is the word, amen? John 1 1, it will be something that we do on a consistently regular basis. Once again, can I throw this into the mix? Something that we approach as there is no option (laughs) other than to do this. How did Jesus have so much wisdom? How is it that he always knew just what to say? So we would probably, through our lives, have thought, well, it's because he's Jesus. (laughs) It's because he's the Son of God. Well, okay, but I think there's more to that. It goes deeper than that. Morning by morning, he listened to the voice of his Father. Morning by morning, he spent time seeking God. We read in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. In other words, while others were sleeping, Jesus was seeking <laughs> the Father. So if he needed to do that, where does that leave you and me? Right? Think about it. A question I think that we must ask ourselves probably on a regular basis. Actually, it's kind of a group of questions all lumped together. How hungry, how thirsty am I for God, for His Word? Is Jesus more than enough? Am I completely content in Him? The true follower of Jesus is so completely satisfied with the all-sufficiency of the Lord that their only thirst above all other things is for streams of living water, which is our Jesus, right? Is He not our living water? Nothing else will satisfy. And many of you have found that to be true, but I think sometimes we keep trying to make that not true <laughs> and try to find some other way to try to fill the void, try to fill the gap, but nothing else will satisfy like only Jesus can do. This involves starting your day, presenting your day to God, and opening your ears and your heart to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. If you want to hop in your vehicle and drive from Parachute Battle Mesa to Ensenada, Mexico, which some of us just did, <laughs> it's not just a matter of getting in out there on the interstate and driving a straight line unstopped for nearly a thousand miles, right? The journey from here to there involves many twists, many turns, and adjustments, and pit stops, and maybe even some detours, and road construction, always road construction, <laughs> And let's not forget a border crossing. The whole time, on the journey, you're making corrections. You're making adjustments. You'll take one road as far as you can, and then you make a turn until it's time to make another word turn and take another road, another interstate. And if you're traveling with the use of a map or maybe even a GPS that um, provides a clear idea of where you're going, and you're making the correct turns and adjustments along the way, following the directions that are being provided, you will eventually end up where you're supposed to be. Now, church, this is—it it is the same way with following God, with walking with Him and living out God's will. It's not that He says to us, okay, go ahead, jump in there, take off to Ensenada, let me know when you get there. Hope you have a good trip. No, it is that he says, I want you to go to Ensenada and I will guide you each and every step of the way. Wow. Morning by morning, if you enter into his presence, he will open your understanding to his This is something we've got to get in the habit of, folks. This is not about our will, but just becomes kind of the norm for our lives, right? This is about getting up and starting the day and knowing what His will is and following Him in that. Your life becoming lived out for Him and for others. Many of us have a pretty good idea of where we want to end up, but we sometimes spend our days going around in circles, don't we? I'm reminded of the children of Israel making another lap around Mount Sinai, and they did that for 40 years. (laughs) May it not not be our story. If you want to live your life, if you want your life to become the life that you really, really want, down in the depths of your heart, then make seeking God a full-time must-do pursuit. Secondly, I want you to get stubborn about obedience. Let me break that second point down. Get stubborn. And you're thinking, I got that. <laughs> no problem, pastor. I've got that one down. But then I go on and say about obedience and you go, oh. <laughs> Look at verse 5. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. According to Old Testament law, slaves could be kept only no longer than six years. We read that in Exodus 21, verse 2. But a slave could become a bond slave. You know, if they were in a relationship in a situation where they had a good rapport with their master and so on and so forth, they could choose at the end of that six years to become a regular. And that term was, re, was, used, was referred to as a bond slave. And now, in order for that to happen, what was required is that that bond slave then would have his ear pierced, uh, all would be ran through his ear and a gold ring placed on it. And that signified his position, his choice, his intention to be a bondsley to whoever that master was. Here in the servant of the Lord, which is Jesus, is saying, that's me. I willingly came to do the will of my Father. Oh, that that would be our hearts. (laughs) Amen. I willingly came to do the will of the Father, not mine, His. In fact, we read in John 8, 29, the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases Him. The big question here is, who's going to be the boss in your life? It's a good question. It's a very important question. Who's going to be in charge? Who are you going to be willing to follow? Who are you going to be willing to listen to? Who are you going to be willing to obey? Will you try to be your own boss? Or follow your own selfish motives? Or are you going to follow the whim of the crowd or the current cultural expectations? Which will it be? Some of you might be thinking... Oh, man, I have so many areas of disobedience in my life. I've got all kinds of problems going on, all kinds of issues going on. I'm I'm so out of control. My life is such a mess. I don't even know where to start or begin to get on the path to begin this journey of obedience and fulfilling God's call on my life. Well, you start with the question. Who's going to be the boss? You or him? And if it comes back to you in you dealing with that question, even in this moment, and the answer is not Jesus, has not been Jesus, then my encouragement to you right now in this moment is to surrender to Jesus and allow him to become the Lord of your life, the boss, if you will, of your life. The one who will lead you and and guide you. When you settle the big question, you find that one by one, He will empower you to take control of every other area of your life. The New Living Translation puts verse 5 like this, The Sovereign Lord has spoken to me, and I have listened, and I have not rebelled or turned away. When you settle the big question of who's the boss of you, you'll find that God will speak to you day by day about which path to take, about the wisdom that you might need, which corrections, which adjustments need to be made. He'll show you, He will lead you, He will guide you. If you seek Him, some of us have a stubborn streak a mile wide. And so I'm saying, make the adjustments. Turn that stubbornness into something good. Turn that stubbornness into doing and obeying God's will. Being obedient. Get stubborn about being obedient. Thirdly, be courageous. Yeah, we like that, right? But here's the rest of it that you might not be too excited about. Be courageous about suffering. Wait a minute, we say. Be courageous? (laughs) Be willing to suffer? I don't think so. One of my main goals in life is to not suffer. (laughs) Look at verse 6 with me. I offered my back. To those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. I get that, that, you know, we don't get too excited about suffering. Honestly, I don't either. I'm no different in that way. But listen, you can strive to have an easy life. One of ease and comfort. But if that's what you are all about, I will guarantee you, as sure as I'm standing here, as sure as you're hearing my voice, your life will amount to nothing. And you will accomplish nothing for the kingdom. So you can have a life of comfort and ease if you want. Or you can strive to have a great life. A life that is fulfilling God's call on your life. One that is all about you or one that is all about the one who gave his all for you. The choice is yours. What will it be? Either way, though, and you know this to be true, either way, you're going to endure some storms, right? Either way, you're going to have pain and there will be heartbreak and there will be disappointment. You see, for the Christ follower, there is no such thing as easy street. We just got to know that and got to get over that. No such thing. I know that this kind of talk probably is not bringing to you warm fuzzies. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is those who walk closely with God, who know His voice, who listen to Him and obey Him, are familiar with trials and pain. Nobody who has ever lived out the great call and purposes of God have escaped this truth. The Apostle Peter wrote, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude that he had and be ready to suffer too. That's 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. Church, there will be some hard times. There will be some lonely hours. There will be some moments of despair, some pain, and some heartaches. There may be times when people close to you will betray you. And when friends and maybe even family turn against you. But keep in mind what Isaiah has said here. The second part of verse 6 and now into this first part of verse 7. Let's look at that again. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting because the Sovereign Lord, Jehovah Adonai, helps me. And because he does, I will not be disgraced. Wow. The suffering that we endure in pursuing God's will takes us from weak to strong, from prideful to humble, from sinfulness to holiness. Which of those do you want in your life? This is why I think James tells us to count it all joy when trials come upon you. So why did Jesus endure the shame and the spitting and the mocking and the plucking out of his beard, the beating of his back, the brutality, the pain, and the agony? Why? Well, the writer of the Hebrews tells us why. Chapter 12, verse 2. It was for the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross Despising the shame. You want to hear something pretty spectacular? And what is so amazing about that is that you are that joy. Wow. Put differently, he had you on his mind when he did what he did. You are his joy. Trials don't make us or break us. They simply reveal what's already inside us. The bumpy, discouraging, heartbreaking times are what reveal what's in these hearts of ours. There's a fourth principle, and it is this. Get single-mindedly resolute. Look at what Isaiah says in the second part of verse 7. He says, Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. The New Living Translation puts that verse like this, Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, determined to do His will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. What is being said to us? What is, what is a stone of face? I love the phrase, I set my face like a stone. Luke used the very same term in chapter 9, verse 51, when he says, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. In other words, knowing what lay in store for him when he got there, knowing that he would be crucified, he was undeterred. This look, this stone-like, face-like, stone-like, Meant that he was undeterred, steadfast, no turning back, determined, single-mindedly resolute. Oh, that God's people would live their lives like that. If you want to fulfill God's calling on your life, you have to be willing to say anything less And being single-minded and resolute, once again, is not an option. (laughs) Amen? Amen. There's a fifth principle here in uncovering and fulfilling God's call on your life. And it is this. Remember that it's all about serving others. Looking back at verse 4, the first part of verse 4 it's, again, it says here, you know, the Sovereign Lord has given me a well instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. Listen to that verse again from the New Living Translation. The Sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary. How many have noticed that there are a lot of weary people out there? There may even be some in this room right now, weary, weary of sin, weary of heartbreak, weary of loneliness, weary of bad health, weary of failure, weary of struggle. And sometimes these people, so weary, do not know where to go, do not know where to turn. And it becomes our mission. It becomes our service opportunity, church to help bring healing into their lives, to help bring them to Jesus, our mission, our privileged opportunity of service. I don't know what God's specific will for your life is, but I do know that whatever it is, it will indeed, beyond a shadow of a doubt, involve serving others. I know that it involves helping those who hurt and and picking up those who have fallen just as our God has picked us up when we have fallen. Amen? Amen? So as you seek to fulfill God's perfect will for your life, remember that whatever God calls you to do, it will involve giving yourself away, giving yourself to others, getting yourself out of the way as we've been saying for a number of years now <laughs> in making it about Jesus and making it about others. I would venture to say that the overwhelming majority of us have good intentions. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. We want to live a good, productive, God-honoring life. That, that's our intention. For sure. But what we need to make sure is that that intention becomes actual direction for our lives how do we get there how do we do that well let's just kind of replay this we make it a full-time must-do pursuit we get stubborn about obedience we get courageous about suffering we get single-mindedly resolute and we remember that it is all about others not about ourselves If you do this, at the end of your journey, you will find that you'll be able to look around and you will say, this is exactly where I want to be. God has given me the life that I really, really, truly wanted. NBC television news anchor Ann Curry, who is known for her reporting across the globe, was once given some really wise counsel from her father. This is what he said to her, Whatever you do, do something in the service of someone else. Then and only then will you know on your last dying breath that it mattered that you were born. William Booth, whom most of you know who he is, was a pastor for 13 years, England, London, England, and really wanted God to use him. While walking home one night, he took a good look at the homeless and the lost souls roaming the streets, and his mind quickly reverted to the scripture that says, I was hungry, and you fed me, and you gave me something to eat. At that moment, William Booth knew what God wanted him to do. He went home, and he told his wife, I have found my destiny, (laughs) which most of you know what that meant, right? It was the founding of the Salvation Army. But what you might not know is this. At his funeral, 1912, it is estimated that 40,000 people were in attendance. One of those who attended, 1912, was Queen Mary. And she came without any kind of assigned seating, special seating. She just came and took a seat. Sitting next to her was a former prostitute who has life had been changed through the ministry of the salvation army. And she was speaking with the queen, since she was sitting right seated right next to her and let her know that something that William Booth had said to her, these words, When you get to heaven you will have a place of honor. The former prostitute leaned, again, continued leaning over and said to the queen, he cared for the likes of us. How about you? <laughs> How about you? There's an old hymn that goes like this. Lord, let me live from day to day in such a self forgetful way, that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer will be for others. Others, Lord. Yes, others. Let this my motto be, Lord, let me live for others that I might live like Thee. Sound good? Well, Lord, we come before you this morning and we want to say thank you for being our good God. We want to say thank you for your grace and your mercy we want to say thank you for once again reminding us of what our lives are to be all about we have spent most of us have spent most of our lives in a normal kind of way of what has become our norm of just living for ourselves and taking that for granted and this is how life is and it's going to be my way and my will I'm going to do what I want to do but there is a better way. Isaiah has, has brought that out for us this morning. There is a better way. It's the way that you have called us to. It's the way that you went to, to the cross and died for us to have, where we surrender our lives to you, where we understand that our purpose for living is not for ourselves, but for you and your kingdom and for others. Representing you, displaying you, showing your love, your compassion, your kindness, your patience, your grace, your mercy. Help us in that, Lord, to fulfill by being devoted and surrendered to you, to fulfill your calling upon our life. And once again, just as you came, Lord Jesus, to fulfill the calling the Father had upon you, so are we. Nothing less is optional. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of Life Church in Western Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please visit wellspringoflifechurch.com.